0: Brother Richie has been traveling. He traveled around the world, and he'll tell you a little bit more about it. But let's give Brother Richie from Potter's Wheel, the associate pastor, a new life welcome. Amen. 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 I'm good. Oh, you're on. Just (laughs) in case you need it.
1: Okay. Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, come, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. What a powerful praise and worship. You know, the Bible says, God says that he inhabits the praises of his people. God will literally come down and dwell among the praises of his people. And it is the praises of his people that opens or or, or draws back or pushes back the spiritual wickedness in high places and principalities that rule over different regions. So I encourage you, church, continue to praise, continue to worship him, continue to seek him. Amen. Yes. Amen. Because he is worthy of our praise. Yes. And the more we praise him, the more victory comes down. Yes. Amen. You see, prayer is the key that unlocks the door. But it is the worship pastor that ushers in that presence. Hallelujah. Well, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. <laughs> Glory glory. Hallelujah. Well, those of you other than Wayne and his lovely wife don't know me. My name is Richie Eakes. I am the associate pastor at Potter's Wheel Ministries. I know some of you probably know Wayne and know a little bit about Potter's Wheel, but we are a Christ-centered solution for alcohol and drugs. We believe in the whole body ministry. We bring the guys in. We believe in feeding them, clothing them, because we want to show the love of Jesus. You know, it's more than just talking about it. We've got to be about it. Amen. Amen. We can't just talk about things. We've got to be about things. And you see people in this day and time is as divided as this country is due to the enemy, but yet that is his job to divide. Why? Because if he can divide us, he can conquer us. The Bible says that a house divided against itself cannot stand. So Satan knows that. He's been studying mankind since day one. He knows what triggers to push. He knows where to pull. He knows the strongholds that he has in our lives. But see, I came today to tell you there's one greater than he, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Give him praise. You're not going to bother me, brother. I grew up in Pentecostal holiness churches. I mean, ultra Pentecostal holiness church, you know, where uh, they believe that if a woman wear earrings, the devil mount her head and put his foot in the stirrups and ride her along. So I grew up in and, and I'm making fun of that. But sometimes we could take things a little too far. But then again, sometimes we can get too lax on things. Amen. Amen. But again, I'm from Greenville, North Carolina. Grew up, raised, born around there. I have moved to Mount Olive, the big city of Mount Olive. Um, I live on the campus of Pottersville Ministries. I'm the associate pastor. I've been associated with Potter's Wheel Ministry since 1997. First time I went into the program was in 1997. I stayed there a couple years. My wife and I got, were married, had a daughter, stayed there on, on site and was ministering and stuff. And then Satan came in and caused a division, and she left me before a man in the program. And I kind of stumbled and fell away from God. I, I, I didn't know God. I, I knew him up here, but I didn't know him here. And so I kind of lost sight that God had me in that storm, that God would carry me through that storm. If I would just keep my eyes on him, he would carry me and hold me through all the pain, all the turmoil. But you see, the enemy knew that as long as he could make me feel that rejection, then I would lose sight of my worth to him. Hmm, Hallelujah. So I left the ministry for a while, came back. Pastor Larry said, son, tell me one good reason why I should let you come back into this program. He said, you've traveled, you've preached the gospel, you know better. And I said, pastor, the drug is stronger than I. And if I don't get another chance, I won't make it another day. And he got quiet for a few minutes and he said, son, come back. So I went back the second time in 2000, stayed to 2000, to the end of 2002, a couple of years. Got out, did good for a while, traveled, preached a little bit. But you see, I kind of lost sight of where I was at and I began to chase after the things that I thought were important. Not realizing again, because there again, I had it here but not here. I could tell you chapter and verse, scriptures, I mean just quote them right to you. Pastor, I thought I was doing something. (laughs) But all I was doing was just for show. Come on. I was trying to prove I had so much guilt and shame in my life. I was trying to be better than what I thought I was because I was still listening to the lies of the enemy. There was still a lot of guilt, still a lot of shame associated with my life. Why? Because I allowed that. I did not realize and take hold of where it tells me that if I receive Christ, I am a new creation All things, not some, but all. Come on now. You know, when God says all, he means all. He don't mean some. He don't mean sometimes. He don't mean one or two. He even means all the things, even our little pet sins. You know, the things that we do when no one's looking. Come on. I prayed about this. I fasted about this. I said, Lord, this is going to be a little firm today. God said, you be obedient, son. You know, because we don't, sometimes don't like to hear the truth because the truth has a way of penetrating right down mm, between bone and marrow. Between spirit. The word, the sword is powerful. So I come today to speak the truth to you. I come today to encourage you. I come today to tell you that we serve the risen Lord and Savior. That no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what you've done, because somebody in here today needs to hear what I've got to say. And if I came from one person, it's been worth it. Amen? Amen. Because you see, the enemy's hard at work today. Again, like I said earlier, he's trying to divide, and he has divided this country, this world, he's divided churches. Can I tell you, in case you don't know, when we get to heaven, there's not going <laughs> to be a denomination. There's not going to be a denomination. There's not going to be Pentecostal. There's not going to be Church of God. There's not going to be Assemblies of God. There's not going to be anything but the children of God, the Church of God. And it's so important in these last days that we as the church rise up and be who we're supposed to be. God ain't called me to be no mamby-pamby-wimpy Christian. God called me to be the Son of God. Spirit filled with power and authority tread upon serpents and scorpions. And if I'm going to believe any of it, I've got to believe all of it. From in the beginning to nevertheless come quickly Lord. Amen. We have a tendency sometimes to pick out the ones that feel the best or, or that sound the best and kind of mm, kind of allows us sometimes to hide behind the word of God instead of be exposed by the word of God. I often pray, God, I want to pray naked. Whew. I don't want to come to you with any false pretense. I don't want to come to you out of the wrong motive. Because one day, Lord, I'm going to stand before you and I'm going to give an account to you for all the things that I've done and I'm looking I'm searching for. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what I seek after. I seek after that affirmation, not man's affirmation, but God's affirmation. When he I stand before my Maker and He says, Well done, Richie. Amen. Come into your rest. Yes. Oh, what a glorious day that will be. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Mm. So I went back to Potter's Wheel. Stayed there. Again, like I said, got out and did all right for a while. Got sidetracked, started chasing money, started chasing the things that, well, God, if I go out and get this successful job, that means that I'm better than what I used to be. People will begin to look at me because they said, oh, you're a bum, you're a crackhead, you're an alcoholic, you're a liar, you're all these things, and you'll never change. But you see, the devil is a lie. And as I went back there the third time in 2010, I was broken. I was humble. I had reached as the prodigal son. I have come to myself. I came to the end of all excuses. I came to the end of everything that I desired and my desire to, to, turned towards God. And I began to cry out, God, have mercy on me. I've traveled the world. I've preached your gospel. And I've fallen time after time after time. And God said, that's all I was waiting for, son. Somebody asked me a few months ago, they said, well, Richie, what changed? I said, I know it sounds cliche, but I finally got sick and tired of being sick and tired. How many know that if you want something bad enough, you'll do whatever it takes to achieve that? If you don't want it, you'll talk about it. But if you want it, you'll do whatever it takes. So when I went into Potter's Wheel the third time, I was broken. I didn't want to be on staff. I didn't want to be the associate pastor. I didn't want anything but Jesus. That's all I wanted because I realized that I had extinguished every resource in my life. I had chased after everything that you could chase after, and it kept ending up with me empty, lonely, lonely. But when I finally surrendered to God, the last 12, going into 13 years, God has changed my life. God has healed my relationship with my family, my daughter and I, get along great. She's got a dad that she can be proud of now. Glory to God. A couple of years about three years, two and a half years ago, I bought a house. Well, my dad had, had give, my dad had given me an old dodge when I left Potter's will. And I kept that for years, and then he had bought another one, and he got ready to retire. And he said, son, I can't pay for this, or it would put us in a strain. So I said, well, Dad, can I buy it from you? I'll just pay you, because I can't borrow money. My credit was so bad, I couldn't even get a payday loan. (laughs) I wrote so many bad checks, they were scared to even cash a check from a business, because they figured I had gotten in there some kind of way, and manipulated it, and made it about me. So I couldn't even get a payday loan. So we went to the bank, and I walked in there, and my dad said... Let's see if you could get it put in your name. So I went and asked a young lady, and she t- 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 did all that stuff. And she said, Mr. Reeks, how much would you want to borrow? I said, Huh? Say that again. She said, How much do you want to borrow? I said, Well, what's the payoff on the truck? She said, 13.5. I said, and she said, it's worth $22,000. So, do you want to borrow $22,000? You see, Satan was using that trying to get me out there further in debt. You got to understand where you're coming from and what's happening. So, I looked at that with wisdom and I said, no, just give me thirteen-five. dollars I just want to buy the truck, have it paid for, and be done with it. So, then my dad and I are sitting in there in the bank and he keeps punching me in the side. He said, Rich, Ask her about buying a house. Richie, ask her. I said, Dad, I'm doing good to get a vehicle. How am I going to be able to buy a house? I, he said, well, she can't whoop you, son. She can't say but yes or no. So I asked her, and she punched it up there again, and she said, how much would you like for your payments to be? I said, oh, between $1,000, $1,500 a month. She said, Mr. Eeks, you can borrow $300,000 right now if you want to. I jumped up by that seat. I said, glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo. When you're nothing, when you can't even get a payday loan and then a woman at a bank tells you you can get $300,000, look at my God. So I bought that house. I said, God, thank you for blessing me with this. Thank you. I had intentions to keep that thing until I died and pass it on to my daughter. Little did I know two and a half years into it, God said, son, sell that house. I said, whoa, 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 devil, I bind you. <laughs> Get me behind me, Satan. God blessed me with this house. God go- will never tell me to do anything bad, so we can't be God. And boy, the Holy Spirit kept... <clears throat> just gnawing at you. You know how when the Holy Spirit's trying to get across to you, you just can't shake it. It's just something on the inside. It just keeps pulling at you, pulling at you. So I began to pray and seek God, and I said, God, if this is you, just give me a peace about this, a peace that passes all understanding. Let me know that I'm stepping in the right direction, and God would bring somebody along that would confirm His Word. The Bible says let the Word of God be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So, God brought people by. Brother Wayne and I were just talking about that, about God confirming his word. So, God led me to sell the house and move back to Potter's Wheel. Well, two days after I closed on the house, my daughter's air condition blew, went bad $7,400. A few days after that, something happened to my vehicle, eight hundred dollars. Down south, I don't know about it was probably way more, but anything that breaks down now was five to thousand dollars. Five hundred to eight and no more, one fifty or seventy-five or two hundred. It's five hundred, eight hundred, a thousand and more. So a few months ago, my mom and dad's Jeep blows a head gasket. It needs camshaft, it needs lifters. About six grand. So my mom was telling me the other day, she said, son, I'm so sorry you've got to spend your money on us. I said, mama, it's not my money. I said, it's God's money. And if he gave it to me, I'm going to give it to you. I said, because he knew two and a half years ago when I bought that house, he knew these chains of events were going to happen. And so he provided before it ever came to be. Because he knew maybe those would have been a little too much for me at where I was at in my walk. He knew, Pastor, that that action, that provision was going to help propel me to a deeper understanding. You know, we like to say levels. Levels. Oh, God's got me on a new level. Oh, I'm chasing after this new level. You see, we as humans have a tendency to put tags on things. Why? Because we want to make it sound real important. But what that does to an unbeliever and those that, have been, that are new in the faith, they look at that like a level. Man, I, I'll never attain that. God don't have levels. Look at the Word of God. Paul talks about deeper understanding. John talks about a deeper understanding. You see, we're not chasing levels. We're chasing an understanding of God. And when you get a deeper understanding, it enriches your relationship with God, thereby enriching your relationships with those outside. And isn't that what it's about? To let our light so shine that men may see our good works and glorify the Father? Amen. Amen. Hmm. So I've gone back to the wheel, and I'm the associate pastor there, and God's moving in my life and doing different things. And it is so encouraging, so fulfilling from where I came from, from being homeless, from living in abandoned apartments, for spending all my money, running after the things of the world, caught up in an addiction. I tell people that sometimes, and they go like, who, you? No. I can't see you as an addict. Brother Wayne, that's some of the best words I've ever heard. Because you know, a few years ago, that's all I could see was that. And your thing may not be addiction. Your, Your thing may be lust. It may be anything. Worry, anger, bitterness. But you see, Jesus came to heal all of those things. He was bruised for our iniquities. He bled on the inside. You know that a bruise is under the skin? The Bible says that he was wounded. He was bruised for our iniquities. It's inside. Where the blood fell, the victory fell. Where the blood fell, the victory fell. When Jesus was bruised for our iniquities, that provided healing for the scars that you and I would take through the cares of this life. Amen? Amen. He was wounded. That's outside. He bled on the outside for our healing. Not physically, but spiritually. Where the blood fell, the victory fell. And he said he was wounded for our transgressions. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. So, you know, that's kind of like my God. God deals in totalities. He don't deal in half of things. He deals in the whole thing. So when he sent his son Jesus to redeem us, he really meant to buy us back, to pay the penalty for us. He bought us back. He brought us back from the enemy. That's something to be excited about. Amen. Amen. He brought us back. We are not doomed to hell anymore. We are not sentenced to destruction because he sent his son Jesus in a new covenant to die upon a cross to shed his blood so that you and I could walk and redeem. You and I have a... mm, An opportunity to walk upright with God. Hallelujah. I wish I could have got a hold of this 20 years ago when I went to New Life Bible College, pastor. But I had it here. I told him, John Knox used to walk in the 17th century, 1800s. John Knox walked the city of Wales and Edinburgh. And he'd hold his Bible and he'd preach 18 inches. 18 inches. And people walk around and say, what are you talking about? He said 18 inches is how close many of you will come to heaven and miss it. Because you haven't gotten it from here to here. Glory. Because you see, when you get it from here to here, it begins to shine out through every pore of your being. That's what it's about, ladies and gentlemen. It's not about you and I. It's not. It has everything to do with us, but it's not about us. We're the church. We're supposed to be going out into the highways and the byways and compelling them to come in. We are the church. We are the hands, Pastor. I can't look at Pastor Wayne and say, I don't need you. We are all fitly joined together as the body of Christ, and we need each other. We need each other. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Mm. Heavenly Father, mm. I just come before your throne room of grace this morning. Father, have your way in this service, have your way in me. Father God, not our will, but your will be done in your house today, Lord. Anoint my lips, anoint my mind that I only say what you have me say, think what you have me think. But Father God, you said in your word that you watch over your word to perform it. Father God, that your word would not return unto you void. But it will accomplish everything that you set forth for it to accomplish. So, Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of the word. I thank you, Father God, for the power of the name of Jesus. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Father, I thank you. And Satan, we tell you, you have no authority here. We come against you right now in the name of Jesus. Every thought that you're trying to put in people's minds right now and distract them, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And I lose a spirit of freedom in your house today, Father God. We come against distractions. We come against the lies. We come against anything that tries to exalt itself up against the knowledge of God on the inside of us. To God be the glory. And all the saints say, amen and amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to be focusing uh, on Second Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14, on down to 17, but I'm going to set a few things up for you. Because I really think I came today with a word from God. Because I think in this time with so much division, and there's so many false prophets and false teachers out there, and it sounds so much like and so close to the Word of God, but you know the enemy will twist it just a little bit. So I think in the time we live, I think it's pertinent for us as Christians to learn to separate ourselves from the world from the way it thinks, the way it acts. So I think we need to come out from among them and be ye separate. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to start in verse 1. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And sometimes if I start quoting, I make a good friend of mine, Danny Bird, he's an evangelist, he's uh, a bishop with the Church of God. And sometimes I'll get up and start quoting scriptures when I'm preaching, and pastor, I'll mix in King James with New Living. And He's sitting down there, he'll watch me, he's just sitting there going. <laughs> so bear with me if I do. So. But anyway, I'm, I'm reading this, So it's out of the New Living Translation. It says, as God's partners... How many know, say, look at your neighbor and say, I'm God's partner. Amen. As God's partners or as we work together. If we're partners with God, shouldn't we be working with God? As God's partners or as we work together, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. How many know that the day of salvation is when Christ Jesus died upon the cross, rose again and ascended at the right hand of the Father. That began the day of salvation. The end of the day of salvation is when our Lord and Savior Jesus comes back to reign. That, this We're living in the time when you say, Pastor, how is that a day? Because a day is a thousand years to God years is the day to God. So this is our time, and they said day a lot of times, which means this is our expanse of time. Because you see, God is eternal. He don't deal with time. Amen? He's eternal. So we are living in the day of salvation. And Paul says again, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. And he's quoting Isaiah 49, 8 there. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is your day. Today is your day of salvation. You know, the Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Do you know that God's a gentleman? The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You see, you and I have to open that door and let him in. But if we do that, he says that he, the Father, will come and sup or fellowship. ha. Uh, break bread with you. Ah, Hallelujah. There's a song by, and his name slips my my memory right now, but he's talking about coming to the Lord's table. Zach Williams, I believe it is, talks about coming to the Lord's table and and he sets up the song. He said, imagine if you had a table as far as the eye could see and the Father had set that table up. All kinds of food. All kinds of love. And he invites you and I to come and sit and break bread and fellowship with him. Wow. God thinks enough of little old me, broken me, that he wants to fellowship with me. Wow almighty God, the creator of the heavens, the air, the universe, everything. He wants to come and fellowship with me. And I get the opportunity to praise him. Do you know that's why Satan gets so mad at you and I? Do you know that? Do you know that he was a cherub? Do you know that that the Bible says he had instruments, that he was literally almost music himself? But you see, Satan wanted praise coming to him instead of going to God. You see, man ain't set up to receive all that praise and glory. It's only reserved for God. Amen? Amen. That's why he gets mad at you and I. He messed up one time and got kicked out. You and I mess up all the time, Brother Wayne, and God still saying, come, glory to God. We mess up all the time, and yet he still says, come, come. Come fellowship with me don't care about what you've done I don't deal in the past the past is the past you look back at the children of Israel he gave them manna for one day not for yesterday but for where they were at right then he provided for them on a daily basis see we get caught up in yesterday God's like yesterday's gone Gotta tell you, I'll give you peace in your past, purpose in your present, and a hope in a future. Paul goes on. We were, Pastor, you were leading praise and worship, and you were saying things about the storms of life, and we were talking about. I mean, I just love the way God confirms things. We were talking about some of that this morning. It went into the morning service over at the. Uh, um, common ground, common ground. And it, God just, it was awesome going there and ministering to those people. Awesome going, sharing a little bit of my testimony. Because if not by the grace of God, there i be. If not for the grace of God, there I still would be, Brother Wayne. If not for the grace of God, you and I would still be there. But God saw fit and he had a plan and a purpose for such a time as this in your life and in my life for us to be born on that day that we were born God don't make mistakes. You see, I may have been a surprise to my mom and dad because they didn't plan me, but I want a surprise to God. God knew that in 1964, September 21st, that Richie Eakes was going to be born. Why? Because he had a specific plan for me. He had a task for me that only I could do. Come on now. So now you can understand a little bit better why Satan tries to distract us. Because if he can distract Richie, I might not have been there to preach to Steve. And Steve heard it, gave his life to Christ, and went out and set the world on fire. And millions come to him. You never know. So many times we get caught up in our circumstances, we get caught up in the storms, and when it gets too rough, we want to give up and quit, or we just want to stop. You see, it is the storms in life that develop character. It is the storms of life that develop patience if you don't have patience when everything comes, you're going to want to run back to what you once knew. But if you endure those storms, you see, God gives you a testimony through the storm. You see, if I hadn't gone through all that I went through, I wouldn't know Christ Jesus the way I know him today. Amen? Amen? Amen. And you say, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? If I hadn't faced the storms, God didn't create me to be an addict, but I ended up that way. And the Bible says, as we sang that song, what the enemy meant, (laughs) what the enemy meant for disaster, what the enemy meant for evil, what the enemy meant to destroy me, God has turned it around for his good. Because in Romans chapter 8, it says, all things work together for the good of them that love Him and are called according to His purpose. All things, not some, not one thing, but all things. You see, God will use every circumstance in your life to build His character, to build his, your patience, to build you and to create something in you that resembles Christ Jesus. Because that was why you and I were created, to worship Him and to be more like Jesus Christ. That's why we worship. That's why we praise you see praise is vertical it goes up worship is horizontal it goes out amen because worship is your reasonable act of service I like the way it renders it in New Living Translation he says that when we do those things when we are obedient and we yield our bodies as an instrument of righteousness to God, that is true worship. That's how we truly worship God. When people see him in us, when people see you and say, honey, I ain't seen you in five years, but there's something different about you. I don't know what it is, but I, I want what you got. You understand? Amen? Amen, and y'all forgive my honey and all stuff like that. Well, I've been working on that because I've been, uh, uh, we've been riding around, and I've been going. All that's right, let's, let's park the car. Smart park. I was teasing him the other day. He's trying to back that car up in there in parallel park, and I'm saying, All right, come on, Boston. that's smart park. Now let's park the car. <laughs> Pastor Larry told him, said, Don't you take Richie up there and turn him northern now. <laughs> so I've been practicing. I practiced on, on, on the airplane. I was sitting there and the guy kind of looked at me like I was strange a couple of times. I was going, Pike, you Kai. <laughs> and he's looking over at me like, I don't have a car. What is he talking about? <laughs> And I did. I was just like, Pike, I want to fit in. Pike, Nikai.
0: <laughs>
1: See, look, y'all tease me about my accent, so, you know. <laughs> oh, mercy, hallelujah. And it's good that we can have fun in the Lord. Amen. amen, amen. We live in, and Paul addresses his hardships in the next few verses. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3, he says, We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us and no one will find fault with our ministry and everything we do we show that we are true ministers of God we patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind we have been beaten been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. You see, the church of Corinth had begun to drift away from God. The church of Corinth had begun, had a few false prophets, a few false teachers, and they were not teaching the true gospel. They were teaching, you know, sort of like we get taught today, it's not really about being saved, it's about living right. Right. And people are so ignorant. You can't live right without being saved. Because you can't have self-righteousness. There's nothing about... That's why we have a new covenant. We couldn't get right by ourselves. And God said in his plan from the beginning, the new covenant was Christ Jesus. Because he knew... Richie, you're going to mess it up time after time after time. I don't care how many goats you bring to the altar and slaughter. I don't care how pure they are. But until I send my son, Jesus Christ, you just ain't going to get it right, son. So he planned before the very foundations of the earth. Do you know that God knew you and I before you were ever formed in your mother's womb? God knew us. He knew us. He knew what he called us for, what he created us for. So when hardships come, when troubles and calamities come, hold on to these things. Know that you know that you know. Paul said, I know that I know. I know it in my knower. I've got the Holy Ghost. i got a knower. And i got something that bears witness to the word of God. I've got something that lives on the inside of me. I've got greatness You know, the Bible says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Do you know that you got greatness living on the inside of you if you're a believer? You have greatness. So the next time the devil comes into you and tries to trip you up, say, no, devil, devil, you are a liar. I'm not going down that road again. I've got greatness in me because greater is the one that lives in me than the one who's in this world. And sometimes you got to get up there and boldly proclaim it. I used to walk the floors in my house and saying I have the mind of Christ. I've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I got tired of the enemy always whipping my butt, always getting me off on of sidetrack or some crazy thinking, or some worldly thinking. And I didn't know what to do. I was so desperate. I just knew I had to change something in my life, or I was not going to make it. And so I'd walk the floor. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I'm blessed in the city and blessed in the field. And whatsoever I touch my hands to, devil, I will prosper. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, you shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the saints of the Lord. And sometimes you just got to boldly hear yourself say stuff like that. Faith cometh by hearing. Does that mean that your faith only comes when pastor preaches? No, sometimes you got to be the preacher. Sometimes you got to talk to your flesh. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. I do it all the time, Richie. You big dummy? That ain't like a Christian. That ain't acting like a pastor. You see, I work a construction job. I'm a superintendent. For a construction company, I build highways, bridges, and do site work. And sometimes, pastor, the folks that work under me just leave a little bit to be desired. And sometimes I get in my flesh and I say things I shouldn't say. But it's like Isaiah, you know, when he was before the Lord and the, and the Lord was ministering to him, and an angel come down, he did not, I think it was Isaiah or Daniel. he did not worship He didn't fall down. He didn't jump up and down and shout. He didn't ask him for a new chariot. He fell to his knees and he said, Lord, cleanse my lips. Cleanse my lips. Take the coal. Touch me, Lord, so that I say the right things. Touch me, Lord, so that my my, my words are different than what they used to be. Touch me, Lord. Cleanse my lips. So that I represent you in all that I say. And do, be careful of your thoughts, for they become your words. Be careful of your words, for they become your actions. Be careful of your actions, for they become your character. And be careful of your character, because that's who you are, whether it be godly or worldly. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We patiently endure troubles, hardships, and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten. We have been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness by the Holy Spirit within us. Hallelujah. We've, and by our sincere love, we faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us. Whether they slander us or praise us. Too many times we get our feelings hurt and we want to stop serving God because the pastor didn't smile at me this morning. I mean, I don't know what that pastor's saying. I'm a big tither around here. Who he thinks he is running around here not talking to me this morning. I'll take my little $20 and I'll go somewhere else. Are we willing to serve God if they lie about us? Are we willing to stand true to God if they slander our name? If they walk up there and call you a crazy fanatic and I'll look at them and say, yes, praise the Lord. Call me a Jesus freak. I'd rather be crazy for Jesus than a fool for the devil any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Because I've been both and I've been the biggest fool for the enemy that the world's ever seen. I have been both. We are honest. Are you honest today? Are you, really evalu- are you really honest with your self-evaluation? Are we honest? We are honest, but they call us impostors. How many know that when you decide to follow Christ, people are going to ridicule you? They're going to talk about you. You know why that is? Because they see something on the inside of you they won't, but they're not willing to do what you did to get what you have. So what they're going to do is try to pick you apart and put you down and all exalt themselves to make themselves feel better about who they are. So they're going to try to put you down. Are you willing to hold fast to your faith if that happens? Are we willing to... To come out from among them and be separate. Or we're gonna let their words persuade us to go back and fit in. God didn't call me to fit in. And I'm good with that. (laughs) Hallelujah. Mm. Glory. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing and yet have everything. You know, I sold my house. I only own a couple of vehicles. I don't own anything, but I've never been more happy in my life. I've never been more at peace in my life. I've never been felt more accepted than I have. You know why? Because it's not about material things. I have learned that God's bigger than that. I have learned that if I seek God first and delight myself in Him, He will give me the desires of my heart because my heart has lined up with His will and His Word and I'm not going to want anything contrary to that. Thereby He can give me what my heart desires." Amen? And you see, let me tell you a little something, a little story about how faithful God is. Years ago when I was growing up, I was sharing this with Wayne. They used to come around people, and I know many, well, yes, quite a few, and you probably don't remember this, so I'm dating myself. But they used to be the Britannica World Book of Encyclopedias. And they had someone to come around and sell those things, and my dad would turn them away like the Jehovah's Witness. You know, God, we got time for that. Go, go. Well, finally I talked them into doing it and buying some. So I'm sitting there going through the pages and flipping through it and looking. I saw the Grand Canyon. I saw Stonehenge. I saw the uh, Snake River Canyon. I saw the, uh, uh, the, all the rapids. I saw Niagara Falls. I saw all these places. And as a boy, let me show you how much God cares about you. As a child, I simply whispered in my heart, Pastor, I would love to see these places one day. I never thought I'd have the money. I never thought I'm a child. I don't know, you know, I'm just in my heart. Man, that would be so neat to see that. In 1991, when I got out of jail and out of prison, I went to Bible college. The parole officer told me, said, you can't go there. We're not, uh, we don't associate with Tennessee. I said, but you were joined, yes, but we don't transfer over. So I told the woman on the phone, I'm going to Bible college because I've got to have some help. So if you want me, this is the address I'm at. Come and arrest me. I never saw him. God had a plan. God had a plan and a purpose. Amen. He had a plan and a purpose. Hallelujah. So as we endeavor to follow Christ, as we endeavor to pursue Him, as we endeavor to stand our ground and be consistent in our walk, then we begin to see God move in our lives then we begin to get the strength to endure the hardships because once we endure them We can look back when the new ones come and say God you brought me through that. You're faithful. You're going to see me through again Amen Amen Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing and yet have everything glory Oh, dear Corinthians, we have spoken honestly with you, and our hearts are open to you. There is no lack of love on our part. And you see, Jesus said, you will know my disciples by their love for one another, right? So Paul was not seeing that love in the church of Corinth. So he knew something had got in there and divided them. Something had got in there and got them off track. So he was addressing, he was pleading with them. It was important to Paul. Why? Because he had poured his heart and his soul into his ministry. He had poured his heart and soul into the church of Corinth. And he didn't like what he was seeing because he was seeing them drift away. He was seeing a church that had 500 was now down to 300. Had a church 200 now down to 50. It's not about numbers, but it's about souls. So it kind of is about numbers. There's no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld your love from us. I'm asking you to respond as if you were my own children. Open your hearts to us. And he goes on, verse 14, he says, Do not team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a part with wickedness, partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness, why harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? Hmm I think in uh, King James it says, "Be ye not unevenly yoked." You know I used to think about that was marriage. I used to think Paul was talking about marriage there. I was not supposed, to, and, and he is, in a sense, but he's more talking about believers associating or being. Watch this now. Back in the Old Testament, they had oxen, right? They had these things they put across their necks. Do not be unevenly yoked. You see, there was a yoke. They would put the oxen in the yokes, and one would be two. And as long as that yoke held them together, they pulled in the same direction. And there's power in numbers. So when you're yoked together, working with, as Paul said in the beginning of that chapter, as God's partners. As God's partners. You see, I'm yoked with Christ Jesus today. I've got him beside me, leading and guiding me, following, going with every step I go. I'm letting him direct me. So I am yoked. I am joined with Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. So don't be uneven. Don't join yourself to unbelievers. You can minister to them, but you join yourself, we begin to do what they do. The Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. So if I'm hanging out with unbelievers all the time, how long do you think I'm gonna stand strong? How long do you think I'm gonna be able to represent Christ if all I do is hang out and go to the clubs? I'm out here at church, I'm praising God, I'm shouting glory on Sunday. Well, I just came from the club Saturday night. Amen. You see, what are you yoked to? What are you joined to today? Are you joined to Christ? Or are you joined to an unbeliever? Are you partaking in God's kingdom? Or are we about fulfilling the desires of the flesh? Don't team up with those who are, who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony, and you see there's no harmony between Christ and the enemy. The Bible says that God and the world are at enmity or at war with one another. Amen? So what harmony can there be, be, be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. And God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Amen. If we would just yoke ourselves to Christ, if we would just open the door and let him fellowship with us. You know, it says in John chapter 15, Verse 19, it says the world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. You see, we don't belong to the world anymore. And when, we beca- and when we give our heart to Christ, if we think the world is still going to love us, we are mistaken. When you're sold out for Christ Jesus, the world hates you and I. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out. Glory. God chose me to come out of this world and be separate. For you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world. So it hates you. In Isaiah, in Isaiah 52, 11, Paul was quoting Isaiah and a couple other Leviticus and a couple other Ezekiel and a couple other things in that in those verses. And Isaiah fifty two eleven says, "Get out, get out, get out and leave your captivity." Are we tired of being captive? Are we tired of being captive? Maybe y'all are not. I'm tired of being captive. I ain't got it together. Paul said and not that I have it all together because I don't. <laughs> Far from it, Pastor. Far from it. But I'm better than I was yesterday. Amen. <laughs> Hopefully, amen, we're moving forward in this thing. We're not staying in the same spot all the time. Isaiah 52, 11 says, get out, get out. Leave your captivity. In 51, I like the way he says it as he's prophesying about the coming Messiah. And I, in Isaiah 51 and also in 52, several times he says, Awake! Awake! Awake, oh church! Awake! Awake! Though the words awake indicate The low condition of the church in reference to its moral and spiritual mission. They are still consoling because it shows that the church is not dead, but asleep. And I think the church of our time is asleep for the most part. I think our churches need to wake up. I think Christians need to wake up. Wake up! Amen. I'm helping you. Amen. Glory to God. And again, he says it several times, awake, awake, because the very foundation of your faith is being threatened. We are being in the very foundation by our faith, the very foundation of what we believe is being threatened by the spirit of the Antichrist. And it is sucked and crept into the church. When we're starting to allow homosexuals, because I don't care what you say. I can't help it. I've got cousins that are that way. But I want to tell you when the church starts allowing these things to come into it, we're far off base. We're supposed to love them, but we're not supposed to be a part of them. Amen. That means we don't condone it. That means we don't put up with it. That means we begin to get on our knees before God at the altar. And as the old Pentecostals used to say, we need to grab the horns of the altar and pray through. And you don't, we, we don't do that anymore. We've gotten away from some fundamental teachings about the word of God, about the power of God. Because if the enemy can change your mind that God does not have power, he has won. Glory to God. Awake. Awake, old oh church. Do we not realize that the very foundation of what we are built on, the very foundation of what we believe, is being eroded right before our eyes? Glory to God. We're awake because the very foundation of your faith is being threatened. Threats spring up from the various sources. And that comes from skeptical teaching of this age, from the oscillation of its own numbers. And especially from the fact that so many of its teachers endeavor to persuade men that it matters not what they believe if they will only live properly. We can't earn our ways into heaven. That's why the Bible says that many will get up that day and say, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? I healed the sick. I did all these things. And Jesus says, depart from me, for I never knew. You see, that word knew means an intimate, ongoing knowledge of Christ Jesus. See, it's not about levels. It's about knowledge. And the deeper I understand Christ. You see, deep calls unto deep. And the deeper I understand him, the more power I have. Mm. Glory. Glory. Awake. Awake because there are elements within you and I. There are elements in us that rapidly lead to apostasy and decay. Awake. Awake, O church. Awake in these last days. Glory to God. John 15, 19 says, The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out. Aren't you glad today that Christ called you out of the world? I chose you to come out. Not only did he call you, he chose you. I am chosen. I'm a peculiar people I got a lot of people that would agree with that I'm a royal priesthood a chosen generation amen it's time for the church to start acting like church I'm preaching good stuff y'all sitting around looking at me like you lost your best friend give him praise glory to God hallelujah glory glory We are in the world, but not of the world. Amen? Amen. I want to talk to you about that. Just a second. I'm getting ready to close here pretty soon. Do you know a whale is a mammal, right? Do you know that most mammals live on the earth? On the ground? Out of, you know? A whale lives in the water. You see, a whale lives in a place that he's not of. Because a whale has to come up out of the water to get his life source. Come on. Let it sink in. See, it blew me away. I heard a brother talking about this online the other day. I'm like, man, well, you don't have a copyright on it, so I'm going to use it. (laughs) I'm going to use it because it was, I mean, it was just like, poof, the light went off. A whale spends its life in a world that it doesn't belong. What are you talking about, pastor? It doesn't have gills. It can't function in the world as the rest of that world can. It has to come up out of that world to get its life source. You are in the world, but not of the world. We've got to come up out of this world to tap into our life source so that we can have life, so that we can have power, so that we can have victory, so that we can give God the glory that He deserves. When we come up out of this world and we tap into our power source, we have power from on high. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm in this world, but I'm not not of this world. Jesus had a great revelation of that because the Bible says that Jesus separated himself from the people that come to even his own disciples. He separated himself. He had to come up out of the world that he was in, but not of to get in touch with his power source, which was God. And when the Bible says, Pastor, when he did that, what happened next? He went out. Oh, glory to God. If some of you will spend some time with God, God will send you out. He'll send you outside of these four walls, but you won't spend time with him. You'll go through the motions, and then you wonder why you're always ill and aggravated. You wonder why there's bitterness. You wonder why there's unforgiveness. You wonder why you don't like people. You don't like yourself, and you're trying to project it onto other people. Amen. Amen. Those are the people that 2 Timothy 3 5 talks about. He says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Stay away from them. Stay away from them. So this week when you're going out and things get rough and the storms come at you, swim to the top. Swim to the top. Swim to the top. You don't have to stay down in the depths of despair. Glory to God. Swim to the top and get connected to your life source in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, glory. Glory to his name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Plug into your power source. I abhor you. I'm like, Paul, I plead with you. I beg you. I beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. I beg of you. I beg of you. Do not ignore the gentle tug of the Holy Spirit, because every time you do, you quench the Holy Spirit. And it's like a hot iron. Back when in the cowboy days, I used to watch the cowboy movies, and they get shot, and they take this poker and stick it in the fire, and they put that thing and they go starting to to bite on, and they touch that, it cauterizes the wound. Do you not understand that every time we deny, every time we're not obedient to the Holy Spirit, it's getting us cauterized? And In other words, it takes more and more of God's spirit to try to convict us because we turn from it. And we need to be turning to God, not from God. God's not about guilt and shame. The devil's about guilt and shame. God's about restoration. God's about healing. God's about setting us free. Glory. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Ooh. Well, I about preached myself happy this morning. <laughs> oh, Pastor, thank you so much. Thank you for opening your pulpit up to me. Brother Wayne, thank you, Pastor Wayne, for having me come up this weekend. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir.
2: Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't we all stand together if we can? Let's just give the Lord a few few moments. Brother Richie will be uh, here available to pray with some of you if if you need prayer today. As uh, Brother Richie started preaching, I received a message that uh, our brother and sister uh, Bruce and Linda Squibb went home has been very sick and we've been praying for for Bob for a a couple of years actually but we received word that he died this morning as we were worshiping the Lord he went went to heaven and you know the family had been praying Lord take him he's been so sick for so long Lord just take him and the Lord didn't take him for a long time but he took him this morning and then I'm sitting here, I'm hearing this message by this gentleman. <laughs> he said so many pertinent truths. I was just sitting there saying, oh, like today's the day of salvation. What if today was the day of you going home? Like our brother Bob Arsenal, he went home today. He was ready to go. Are you ready to go? Because you don't know what's going to happen between now and the next few hours or whatever. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, Pastor Wayne had, had mentioned you to me months ago. We talked on the phone, you know, and something came up and you couldn't come then, but you came now. I, I believe in, in, in a divine appointment here. You know, I, I believe this is a day for somebody. This is the day that Brother Richie Eeks came up. And the Lord brought a brother all the way from North Carolina to talk to us Yankees up here in New England. But you know, our congregation knows that my my friend Lenny led me to Jesus. My friend Lenny from Reidsville, North Carolina. So I I appreciate the accent and all that's involved. (laughs) It's good. It's good. (laughs) But um, I want to pray for Bruce and Linda. And I want to leave these altars open. I think there's somebody here That heard something today that you need to respond to because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring you don't know what's going to happen in your life and you know and no one has to say anything but you know in your heart of hearts that you're not right with god yes and boy we've been down this road many times in this church we we talk about this a lot david says search me O god and know my heart see if there's any wicked way in me and so i think with a message like that you know, the Lord is saying, okay, if you're really mine, you get separated. Amen. You know, another thing, that Second Corinthians five seventeen: if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation, right? Yes. It goes on to say, if you're in Christ, you become an ambassador for Christ. You can't be in Christ and just be lackadaisical. When you're in Christ, you begin to do for the Lord. Amen. So you could you could examine your heart and say, What am I doing for God? What Am I an ambassador? Do I represent the Lord? Or am I just here for the ride? Amen. And this is something that each one of us has to go through ourselves. Are you ready to surrender it and to b- get busy about the things of God? It'll take something on your part, on our part, to separate ourselves so we can do those things. Yes, so I'm going to pray... And then Doug, if you could lead us in a in a song, and and then uh, I'll I'll speak to you a little bit more. Father God, we just want to thank you for the word today. Hallelujah. Your word is good, as David said. I was glad when they said, "Let us go to the house of the Lord." Lord, we worship, we prayed, we heard your word, and now we've got to respond to your word. And Lord, during all of that time, Bob Arsenault, Linda's dad went home to be with you and so lord on the one hand thank you that you received him based on his confession of faith we we know he's with you we know that his suffering on earth is over he's been in so much pain and difficulty so for so long he's at peace and he's in glory and for that we give you praise and give you honor thank you jesus but lord for linda and for her mom for sylvia For Bruce and for the rest of the family members, they are grieving and uh, they're sad and and they're going through it. So, Lord, we just pray that the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, would come and minister to those that are remaining in the family throughout these these difficult days. But, Lord, also we want to take that as, as an opportunity for us. Somebody here, perhaps, needs to just surrender 100 percent to you maybe they gave 90 maybe 80 maybe 95 percent. but there's that little bit left that has to be given up to you and so we ask you lord these, these next few moments may your holy spirit bring conviction and may there be a response to the word of god today as our brother Doug sings, if you feel so led, just come to the altar as you feel the Holy Spirit move you out of your seat. Sometimes it takes an act of ourselves to say, okay, God, I hear you. I'm stepping out. Yeah. I'm physically moving forward Hallelujah. to demonstrate that our spirit is surrendering to the Lord. Do you get that? The Lord often looks for a response. So maybe today's your day to respond to the Lord. So as the Lord leads you. Lord we offer ourselves to you with Jesus, this. Yes Lord.
0: Father, oh Father God, yes, we love
2: A few times recently, this brother just preached the word of God for a, an hour. Can somebody respond?
0: <laughs> Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on
2: up for prayer. Hallelujah! If you need a touch from God, come on up for prayer. Hallelujah. Step out. Draw step step to out. The step Lord. out. to Lord, renew your commitment to the Lord. Please come if that's you. I need Jesus.
0: I need to renew my Lord, commitment to, to the Come to the altar. Lord. Help us, Lord Jesus. Glorify thy name. Oh, glorify Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know that there is peace within your presence. I speak, Jesus. Let's sing this. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Come on, say his name. Over every heart and every mind. Because I know. Because I know that there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction till every dark addiction starts to break Oh, declaring there is hope and there is freedom, I speak, Jesus. Every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Over every heart. Over every heart and every Because I know, because I know that there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. Yeah, I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Till every dark addiction, till every dark addiction. Addiction starts to break. Oh, we're declaring there is hope and there is freedom. Over fear and anxiety, over fear and all anxiety, till every soul, oh, to every soul held captive by depression. Through the shadows, burn like a fire. Shall Jesus from the mountains? Jesus in the street? Jesus in the darkness over every enemy? Jesus, for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Some of you need to cry out now. You need to cry out. Shout Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountain. Jesus in the street against the enemy. Jesus in the darkness, oh.